He has come a long way in the last year. He's worked extremely hard on being a better person, a better man, a better teammate. Deshaun, as a leader of the football team, I think it's important for everybody to know where he is and what's on his mind. Personally, I'm in a different space, comfortable being around the guys, the locker room, the coaching staff, the organization. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show, your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Everything was hot and heated in Kansas City on Saturday, but we now have two weeks to get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals who come to Cleveland Brown Stadium next Sunday at 1 p.m., and that means we have a whole lot of time to get ready for it. Hello, everybody. It is the between-week edition of the Cleveland Browns preview show all across the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. Gerard, good evening, friend. Good evening. It's wonderful to hear you. It's even better to see you, buddy. And it's time we get going with four downs. First down. So a flurry of moves since Saturday's preseason finale against the Chiefs. The news of the day, the Browns have themselves a new kicker, Gerard. They acquired Dustin Hopkins from the Rams for a 2025 seventh-round pick. Now, Hopkins is going into his 10th NFL season. He's out of Florida State. Originally a sixth-round pick by Buffalo in 2013, Hopkins has appeared in 109 games with the Commanders from 2015 to 2021, and the Chargers from halfway through 2021 to 20. 22. He's converted 190 at 224 field goal attempts, good for 84%. He's converted 94% of his extra point attempts. He connected on 9 of 10 field goals last year in all 12 PATs in five games with the Chargers before he was put on IR with a hamstring injury. Now, we have to make this clear. Despite anything out there that might be said, Cade York has not yet been cut. He has not been officially cut by the football team. So we'll talk about Cade York here in a moment. But with Dustin Hopkins coming to Cleveland, the Browns are addressing what has turned into a need for them because they're supposed to be a playoff team. So many of these games come down to a field goal. It seemed that all three of the four preseason games for the Browns came to a field goal. It it was a common sense move that probably had to be done there, buddy. Uh, Certainly. And the football team is in a state where they're trying to win now this is not rebuild mode this is not let's see guys come along this is all about we need to win now and we need consistency and we need predictability and that's what you generally get in a guy that's been in the nfl for 10 years he's pretty much going to stay true to his average so i totally understand get respect and endorse the decision to bring him in because you need consistency and when you consider what's taking place in the nfl especially in afc ken with the level of just even this and parity, you, it makes all the sense in the world that a lot of these games are going to come down to an extra point or a field goal. So you yeah. need to have someone that gives you a sense of certainty that they're good to make those. Yeah, you're right about that, Gerard. For Cade York, you know, it, it, it was a tough run towards the end of the year. And then things got a little bit tougher in this preseason. Do you think he might just be in his head a little bit here, bud? I might be. He certainly is because the issue is not leg strength. The issue is not whether or not he can make field goals from a great distance, the issue becomes what are you 
doing? Are you trying too hard? Do you want it too bad? And people hear those concepts and like, what do you mean you're trying too hard? Well, what I mean by that is sometimes you go out there with this idea that you have to be perfect. Your approach, the way in which your leg is following through with the football. And if you're thinking about those things as opposed to just simply doing what God bless you the ability to do, you're going to screw up because it's now on your mind. So a lot of times as professional athletes, the best thing that can happen to us is to hit rock bottom and realize that I need to stop fearing failure because all or trying to be perfect because it all it caused me to do was to fail. So I think it's more between the ears than anything because it's not an issue of can he kick it? He can. Yeah, it's certainly tough for him, Gerard. I mean, you're right about that and everything that you bring up with with what might be the mental game for him. And I think it's a guy who needs his confidence back. And for Cade York, you know, if this is the end of the line, you look at a lot of kickers in the NFL. I, I don't think it's just the end for Cade York altogether. It's just it may be very well the end of the line here with how things are kind of going. But you see, Phil Dawson, the great one, he spent time with two teams the season before he came to the Cleveland Browns, and then the rest was history. And They all can't be Justin Tucker and stay with one team throughout their entire career. You're seeing some of the very best kickers in the NFL go through two, three, four, five teams in the top ten, it seems. So he'll have to get his confidence back, but the Browns, they're just in a different place right now. They have to get competing for the playoffs. They have to get competing for a deep playoff run, possibly a Super Bowl run, and they need to make sure that they can count on their place kicker, which brings us to some other moves they made in second down. Second down. So they made a couple of other moves. On Sunday, the Browns go ahead and get themselves a running back and second-year guy Pierre Strong from New England in a straight-up trade for offensive tackle Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Strong's 5'11", 215. He's in his second NFL season out of South Dakota State. You know that Bill Belichick loves those FCS guys. And there you get Pierre Strong out of South Dakota State. But the Browns have now originally selected in the fourth round last year in 15 games as a rookie. He rushed for 100 yards on 10 carries, did have a touchdown, also caught seven catches for 42 yards in 2022. We'll talk about Wheatley here in just a moment. But for the Browns, it, it adds some depth to that running back room, Gerard. Well, it certainly does. And for Jordan Wilkins, who didn't help his cause or case at all but with the two fumbles, it was a great opportunity for him to be that second guy, third guy with forward being out behind Nick Chubb, and he didn't seize the moment. So what did the Browns do? They simply said, okay, we're going to bring another guy who has some limited experience as well in the camp, like what they obviously saw during the course of his college tape and in the NFL and obviously in the preseason, to now he's essentially on the football team unless someone else that's a marquee name come, becomes available. But you can pretty much chalk Pierre in to be good to go to be on this football team. Yeah, Wheatley spent the 22-22 season on the Browns practice squad. He goes to New England. Both teams looking for depth, one in the tackle position, the other one with the running back position. They were able to make an even trade on that one. Other moves, this is sad. Wide receiver Jakeem Grant placed on IR. Just terrible, terrible luck for what seems like a really good guy and a, and a very fast football player that could have been exciting for the Cleveland Browns, Gerard. Oh, such a disappointment. And when you see the quickness on display, you walk away amazed, Ken, at his cat-like reflexes. And I saw the injury take place, and I was torn between is it the slipping on the field that was slick because of the rain and also just the humidity? Mm -hmm. Or was it a combination of that and the hit by three guys at the same time? And his body is just simply not being used to that type of impact or that type of pressure on his leg because this was his first time having full action. And the adrenaline can cause your body to do stuff it's not accustomed to. And just how we talk about ramping up, he was from went from zero to 100 
And sometimes your body's not ready for that either. Yeah, you're right about that. Also, the Browns made other moves. They waived cornerback Caleb Biggers. They also waived linebacker Cam Bright, tight end Miller Forrestal, tight end Thomas Greeny, cornerback Gavin Heslop, tackle Derek Kelly the second, safety Nate Meters, wide receiver Anthony Schwartz with an injury designation, and wide receiver Jalen Wayne. They terminated the contracts of Colby Gossett, Wes Martin, both guards, also the running back Jordan Wilkins, as Gerard previously mentioned, and they placed on injury reserve the non-football illness list, guard Drew Forbes. Not a lot of surprises. A lot of guys who have some talent, Gerard, might find themselves on P-squads or might find themselves you called into active duty coming up later this year, but it shows that the Browns are, are now a deep football team like we've been looking forward to over the last several seasons together, bud. Right, and some of the guys you just named were guys that were on a bubble they are going to have a hard time making this team in the first place, and you just hope that they did enough things to impress the Browns and one try to bring them back as practice squad members or maybe down the road they get picked up by another team. Mm-hmm. Biggers and his, for example, made a great case for himself with the pick six. Yes, he and did. some other good coverages that he's had, but he has to obviously be more consistent and not being penalized as much, and that will certainly help his cause as well. But all those guys that we're talking about are developmental guys. And as I said before, this team is no longer in the developmental stages of doing things. They are trying to win football games quick, fast, and in a hurry. You're right about that. It takes us to third down. Third down. Some good news for the Browns. Marquise Goodwin has been cleared to play after recovering from blood clots. What does this man do for this Browns offense? Such a speeder, but a little bit long in the tooth, as some people say. <laughs> hey, man, all I know is James Jett and Willie Galk still run four threes when they're in their 30s. And if <laughs> Daryl Green, still, fastest man Green the NFL, could do it in his 40, 40s. Yep. <laughs> yeah. so, so let's hope and pray that he's the exception to the rule because one of the things that we – have not identified, and what he was brought here for was to be the guy to take the ceiling off of the coverage and to be that viable, deep threat. It was supposed to be Anthony Schwartz, but he never developed, and also he had an injury, so that didn't allow that to take place for him. But thankfully, just for his sense of health and well-being, that Goodwin's, Godwin's doing, Goodwin's doing better and clear to play because we're certainly going to need his experience and his skill set. They certainly are. I mean, it, you see what he's able to do maybe out of the slot outside, some other things that he's been able to do. I mean, he can be a really exciting player for this football team. And and depending on with his speed, I think it could stretch out a defense and maybe create some lanes for guys underneath and can keep a defense honest when you're trying to look for some of the boxes that could be open for a guy like Nick Chubb. You know, Gerard, you, we talked about him so many times last year where he was still able to get 80, 90, 100 yards in a game against eight-man boxes, you're hoping that Deshaun Watson and these weapons can keep guys honest, keep seven in the box, six in the box, and make sure that you can open something up for Nick Chubb here. We could be looking for another big year out of number 24. Right, and with that element of a passing game and a viable deep threat, that's going to force teams to be like, oh, we might want to not necessarily load the box because we can get exposed over the top. That can only help the cause. Once again, an example of complimentary football certainly right about that fourth down fourth down all right Gerard your final thoughts and takeaways from the preseason game number four in Kansas City love what I saw out of the defense as far as creating turnovers and making big plays obviously we had some woes in the kicking game that we need to adjust and get better because again it's all about having all three phases contribute and do their part from an offensive standpoint I saw some good things I saw Deshaun able to move around the pocket and make some things happen with his arm as well as his legs. Was not happy with all the fumbles and turnovers I saw because in a regular season game, that's going to get you beat. 
Yeah. You cannot give up the football like that. You have to be very, very protective of the football and not just give it away. So, all in all, if you put them put in totality, what I saw throughout the preseason, I saw a football team moving in the right direction towards getting ready for the first game of the season against the Cincinnati Bengals. Defensively, Gerard, are they playing faster? So many fans worried about that going into this preseason. Uh, that should be if it hasn't been air, it hasn't been clear and apparent that this is a much faster and better football team. And here's the one thing, actually, Ken, that you should notice. Do you notice that the linebackers are clean? And yes. what I mean by that is yes. you don't have guards all in their faces, you don't have tackles running up on them, and that they're allowed to fill gaps and run to the football. And that's a credit to the defensive front of actually occupying space and penetrating because you need those things to free up linebackers. So if anyone's been a benefactor of this defense of front being much more active and bottle and just disruptive, it's those linebackers. And you see how they play, that they're making tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and they're just simply making plays. Yeah, a lot of tackles and guards getting to the second level last year, and that's how a lot of teams were able to run all over you. They're able to stop that right now with some of these defensive tackles that are playing a lot better. I like that Siaki Ika was able to show up as well in that preseason game against Kansas City. Not that he hasn't made a couple of waves already, but it was nice to see such a young man doing so well in that game against the Chiefs there, Gerard. Uh, certainly, and Along with him, think about Maurice Hurst and what he represents yeah. in that second wave of defenders. Because what we don't want to have he take def- place, we're going to rotate linemen. We already know that. That's part of the game plan. We don't want a situation that when we do rotate linemen, that the falling off and the lack of production and ability to rush a quarterback is so apparent that teams are like marching down the football field while Miles and company are taking a break. So what I did see was that these guys can hold up their end of the bargain, and that's a great thing because you need depth in the defensive front. Because if you don't have it, the quickest way to lose a football game, you've heard me say this on numerous occasions, Ken, is that if you can't control the trenches, you can't control anything. And that is four downs. Browns fans, do you want to experience the 2023 Brown season and some of the best seats in Cleveland Brown Stadium? Well, just visit lecom.edu slash Browns. That's lecom.edu slash Browns for your chance to win two field seats for the 2023 season, courtesy of the Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. Sweepstakes ends on August 30th. That's L-E-C-O-M dot E-D-U slash Browns. Coming up in a bit, Gerard and I will go around the league. We'll also talk to the voice here, Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. But up next, our very own Jason Gibbs sits down with Browns tight end David Njoku. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play to the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Hey, you think you know the most loyal Browns super fan? Well, nominate yourself or a friend as the Cleveland Browns Fan of the Year, and you could win a VIP experience and trip to Super Bowl 57. To nominate, visit NFL nfl.com slash fan of the year that's nfl.com slash fan of the year get your entries in by october 2nd Gerard cherry alongside of myself ken carmen the voice of your cleveland browns jim donovan is going to join us here in a little bit as well as we'll go around the afc north and the nfc north as we'll go around the league and give you some division previews but right now our very own jason gibbs sits with browns veteran tight end david njoku all right, guys, here with David Njoku, and what a month. Ten days at the Greenbrier, five days in Philly, four preseason games. Let's see, we had a weather delay. 
We've had a light delay. We've had everything that you could possibly be thrown at us, including a really hot day in Kansas City. Your thoughts on the past month here? What else? <laughs> exactly. I'm trying to figure out what else. I, I, it's been a crazy month. Has it been good for you guys uh, as an offense and as a team? Yeah, I feel like all the uh, curveballs that we were thrown at, uh, we took it upon us to accept the challenge. You know what I mean? Um, in this game of football, there's so many things that can happen, so many things that can go left, that can go right. So it's up to us to, uh, you know, uh, calm ourselves down and, and get things back in order. So we're excited. How did it feel to get back out there on Saturday in Kansas City at Arrowhead and more importantly, get in the end zone a little bit? Selfish reasons. I think it was a little tease, but um, it was it was good to get the feet wet, you know, the jitters, uh, you know, for uh, the beginning of the season to get to get them out. Um, but yeah, but now it's uh, for real. And how good is it knowing that the preseason's in the in the rear view now, and now it's time to focus on Cincinnati and the upcoming season? It's got to be it's got to be a pretty good feeling to move forward here and get to the regular season football. Yeah, for sure. I think now it's time to have uh, some fun. So now is where it counts. So everyone's gonna lock in and get this show on the road. Talking with David Njoku, Browns tight end here on the Cleveland Browns preview show. Did you feel like you accomplished everything you needed to accomplish in, in this month? Yes, I feel like everything uh, was in order. I feel like we uh, made the proper adjustments for things that need, needed to be, you know, adjusted, excuse me. So I feel like now we're just ready to, like I said, have some fun. You know, now it's when it counts, so we're all in. It's a good week because the preseason's over and training camp's over and everything along those lines, but... Uh, obviously a tough week in terms of the first couple days here as we trim this roster down. How difficult is this week for everybody in, in the building, not just the, the guys that unfortunately are, are, are getting cut here? Yeah, I mean, it, this, this week's never easy. You know, you build all these relationships with people that you suffer with. You know, camp's never an easy thing. You know, it's long days, it's mental, physical, it's, uh, uh, how you say, strain. So you, you build all, all these relationships and then, you know, on days like these, you know, you have roster cuts and everything happens and everyone's, you know, feeling low down because, you know, your, your brother leaves. But this is a business, you know, it is what it is. It's tough, but hopefully uh, the guys that, that left us will find home elsewhere. Talking with David Njoku, Browns tight end, as we get you ready a couple weeks away still from Browns and Bengals, T.C. McCartney. Uh, your tight ends coach. What's he been like and, and how's he been and how's he helped you develop a little bit? What a guy, man. He's the best. He, uh, I feel like he truly gets me, you know, uh, not many people do. And he just, he knows how to coach me. He knows how, how to, you know, communicate things that it's hard to communicate, but he, he gets the point across and that's all you can really ask for. All right, as we get ready here, you'll have a couple practices this week. Uh, Thursday, after Thursday at the stadium, it, it's kind of a, a getaway weekend. And what's the mentality you got to have? Because obviously it's three days off after a, a, a long, long month, but it's also something you got to keep your eye on what's coming, you know, the following week. What's the approach that you take? This is a uh, perfect time to meditate, you know, uh, release any, like, you know, any weighing factors and really lock in, hunker down. It's going to be a long season, so everyone should get uh, physically, mentally, spiritually ready for this journey that we're going to take. What else offensively, you know, because it, it's still going to be a, 
a little bit of a work in progress even as we get into the season because the season is so long. What, what do you guys feel like you still need to work on here as you get ready for the Bengals? I feel like we are understanding finally who we are and what we bring to the table. We're a very versatile offense, so there's so many things that we can you know, try or do and, and see if it works. And I think that's the fun part of it all is, you know, uh, the more we can do, the better the team will be. How is the U going to be this year? Um, I, have, I have high hopes, you know. Uh, I feel like we have all, all the talent needed to really, you know, make a, a stand. So we will see together. All right. I'm looking forward to this college football season. I think there's uh, a lot of pieces and parts moving around. I think a lot of things could happen. It's going to be pretty exciting to watch. It's going to be a fun year. Personally, how's your little one? Oh, she's amazing, man. She's getting so big. <laughs> Her feet are huge, so, you know, she's going to be a, a, a little tall. Okay. And, and does she already have your credit card? Is she already racking oh, up uh, the bills? I mean, she's, I'm, I'm wrapped up, but credit card, we got a few more years, yeah? We got, we got some time. I call myself the human ATM with my daughter, so that's basically how things will ultimately end up going for you. I, I hope not, but we'll see. David Njoku, appreciate the time. Enjoy the week, and wish you all the best here in the upcoming season. Thank you, man. Take care. David Njoku with Jason Gibbs in the player spotlight. Might have to buy his daughter a dog because back by popular demand, it's year two of Barking Backers presented by Milkbone, the fan club for dogs. View membership options and join today at BarkingBackers.com. Coming up in a bit, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. Up next, Gerard and I go around the league and we preview the AFC and the NFC North. It is time to get ready for the 2023 season next on the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. The Cleveland Browns, avocados from Peru, and Meyer want you to enter the ultimate football sweepstakes for your chance to win a 2023 Ford Lightning electric pickup truck, a VIP tour of Cross Country Mortgage Campus, or a $1,000 Meyer gift card. Visit your local Meyer or clevelandbrowns.com slash avocados. That's clevelandbrowns.com slash avocados and enter today. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry. It's time we go around the league. And we preview the AFC and NFC North, Frendo. And first, to win the AFC North, a team must have a record of what in the division? Five and one. <laughs> I was going to say four and two. Five and one. I think the two teams are going to emerge as the champions of this division, and they're going to battle it out. And the second team will have like a four and two record. Who's going to go five and one in this division? Hopefully the Browns. I I, I I I hope so. Too. I'm sitting here going, humming a, humming a, humming a. I mean, I'm hoping so too, Gerard. But it's I, all four teams have a reason to say we should be in the playoffs. We should be in the AFC Championship game. All four teams in this division have legitimate reasons to say that. Think about it, though. We're in the most advantageous position to do it, and the reason why is we play everybody early. We play three divisional teams in the first four weeks. Bam! Oh my you got, goodness. You go three and zero right there. It's highly probable we're going to win the next two out of the three. But obviously, you have to start off with winning the three early on in the season. Yeah, it starts week one next Sunday yeah. against the Cincinnati Bengals right here at Cleveland Brown Stadium. I, I, I'm i going to still say four and two. I, I think it's a very difficult one. It's just such a grinder of a division. Four good quarterbacks. I, I mean, I, I know they're really excited about Kenny Pickett, and I have my concerns, but I'm going to throw hey, him in there. They He's should an up-and-comer. 
I've watched two preseason games, Ken. He's an up-and-comer, and you know Lamar Jackson's real, Joe Burrow's real, Deshaun Watson's real. You got some good players there. You got some good teams there. I, I think this is going to be a really tough knockdown, drag-out division classic in the NFL. Uh, if the Lions don't live up to their hype, is the NFC North the worst division in football? The NFC North. No, not Pack, even Vikings, close. Bears, and Lions. No. No? No, not at all. Tell I mean, me come why. on. I, I'm certain the Lions could win the NFC South and the AFC South. So, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure if you look at the Green Bay Packers, they could win those divisions. If you look at the Vikings, they could certainly win those divisions. Fair. So, I'm going to have to say no on that one. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think any of those teams could win the... Uh, and the Bears. Yeah. Could compete. Well, you know, what do you think the Bears are going to do this year? I, I'm sure there's a question coming up, but I didn't read through it because, you know, this is... I'm not necessarily the most professional person. Either way, what do you think of the Bears this year? I think they make, they do enough to keep everyone's Eberflus. Is I'm saying his name correct? Matt Eberflus, yes. To keep his job, I think they do enough to do just that. I think Fields is going to continue to develop and emerge. So I think they do enough to keep everyone employed in the building. I see that taking place. Do I see them winning the division? No, but I definitely see them making gains to where they're almost a 500 team. Oh, that means they're going to be pretty tough by the time the Browns play them. Yeah, well, that's what that's we want. later in the year. They'll probably be a streaking football team if that's the case, especially if they put everything behind Justin Fields, which leads us to question number three. Fact or fiction, Justin Fields is the best QB in the NFC North. It'd be Fields, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, and Jordan Love. Those are your options. I'm going to have to say fiction on that. Is he probably most physically gifted out of all the people you just named? Yes, he is, but he's yeah. not the best quarterback I mean, this guy gets no respect. All he does is win. I understand that he doesn't win in the playoffs, but it has to be Kirk Cousins. He's the best quarterback in that division, followed by golf. And then I might consider Fields certainly over Love because Love has no experience whatsoever. So that's how I see it panning itself out in the NFC North. I have been a, I've been a bit of a Kirk Cousins disrespecter over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that some people have have overhyped him. You know, I've always wondered, how does he get these stats? And then you watch him and you go, what, what is this? What is, what is this? Like, I don't – he's got very good stats, Gerard, but it's like you see Patrick Mahomes, that's a serious quarterback. Joe right. Burrow, Aaron Rodgers, you, know, you go down the line. And then you get to Kirk Cousins, and you're like, you can beat this guy. He's steady. And, and they're good, but he's a steady quarterback. I'm going to put him number one because of all that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that he's a good, steady franchise quarterback. I, I don't think he's elite, but I think he's a good, steady franchise quarterback. He wins the games he's supposed to, and I will put them there. I, I think that Justin Fields is number two because I love his talent. Jared Goff is is becoming a nice, steady quarterback in his own right. Then right. I, I just don't know what Jordan Love's going to be. Right. I have well, no from, idea. I mean, preseason game, from the indications of what we're seeing – I mean, he's doing fine. He doesn't look lost. He looks like he has control and understanding of the offense, and he looks calm in the pocket. And those are the type of things that you look for in a quarterback. But back to to Fields, Fields is still in that stage where you want to date him. Cousins is a stage where you want to marry him because of the fact that he's just flat out consistent and steady. Yeah. And now hopefully for Fields as well as Love, they'll get to that place. But it takes time to where you're like, okay, these guys are quarterbacks. But for how long Kirk Cousins has played, and on top of this too, Ken, the fact that he was able to do what he did in Washington and then go to the Vikings and have some success for a guy that wasn't drafted that high in the first place Fourth to round, do what he yeah. has done, mm-hmm. that's impressive. And, again, it's not going to be – sometimes he'll have moments where you're like, you sure this guy was an undrafted player? And he'll have his 
second quarterback moments and third quarterback moments. But to his credit, though, he finds a way to get the job done for the most part. No, he's a smart player. I, I got to give him his respect. And you're right; he, he finds a way to finds a way to get the job done. With Jared, with excuse me, with Jordan Love, Tyler Dunn, the author who, who's done extensive work on the Packers, he he likes him. He thinks that he thinks he's going to be good. I I just don't know. I have no idea. It would be. I I think honestly, the history of the Packers has played into my opinion of this. Like, you've had 30 years. Of great quarterback play. You cannot make it somewhere of 45. Like, I just refuse to believe they're going to get nearly a half a century of elite level or franchise level quarterback play. Right. I think it's, their luck has to run out at some point. Right. It sounds extremely unfair. But when you think about their process and how they've gone about it, maybe they figured out something with Favre and Rodgers that, hey, draft a guy who's got some talent, let him sit for a couple years and observe the best in the business, or at least one of them, do it, mm-hmm. and hopefully through osmosis he picks something up. And it appears to me, man, based upon what I've seen in preseason, a lot of people don't want to put stock in preseason, but I do. I can tell winners from losers in preseason. He'll have a and chance. from what I've seen, he's looked good. He'll have a chance. I mean, this is year three for him, right, for Jordan right. Love? Like, he'll he'll have a crack at it. All right. It's not like you're not – see what happens when you're a rookie and you get thrown into the fire? You're overwhelmed, and you mm-hmm. sometimes may never – come back from that. Yep. Your confidence could be ruined for life, but when you sit back for two or three years and just observe, the game slows down for you. Ultimately, that's what it's really about, the game slowing down and you not being overwhelmed by the speed of it, and you have an understanding of the game at the same time because you're taking in all the concepts. You're taking in what teams are trying to do to you and why they're trying to do it and why this makes sense and why this doesn't make sense. When you're a rookie, you're still like, man, I'm in the National Football League. Whoop-de-dee. You still, know what I mean? I still think the best thing that happened, like Josh Allen is an elite quarterback in the NFL. I still think the best thing that happened to him that rookie season was that injury where he, he was out for a month. Mm-hmm. Everything slowed down for him, and then he could get the mental part to it, not just the athletic part to it, because everybody knows Josh Allen's a horse. With Jordan Love, he's had three years to learn, going into year three. He's had two years to learn. Now he's going into year three. He'll have a shot at it. I, I, I think that just because a quarterback doesn't start week one – I don't think that that's a telltale sign that that guy's not ready to go. I I think that there's other factors that play into it. Patrick Mahomes started in year two, and I know that he probably could have played year one and would have been just fine. But I I look at other positions. Gerard, you and I talked about this last week. Anthony Richardson. I'm terrified for him. I'm a big fan of Anthony Richardson. And I'm terrified for what he's going to have to deal with in Indianapolis. And the funny thing about it is I'm actually more now terrified for Bryce Young than I am Richardson. The only reason why I say that, Ken, is because Richardson at least has a body that can absorb the hits. Yeah. What is Young going to do? That's true. Fact or fiction, Justin Jefferson is the best non-QB in either of these two divisions. Mm, really Woo, good. Man. Justin Jefferson's really good. I mean, I know Ryan Clark wants to say what he wants to say about George Pickens. <laughs> Justin Jefferson is amazing. <laughs> That's some serious steal of love right there. Ooh. I said he was a better talent. <laughs> oh, man. Gosh, the kid is special. I think it's I think it's easy. I think it is Jordan Je- or Justin uh, Jefferson. Well, I'm going to play the homer here and say no, he's not, because I could also make that argument with Nick Chubb. If he's utilized more, he would easily win the rushing title on an annual basis. And I know we're more in love with the passing of the game than the running of the football. Okay, I could see that. I, I mean, I think he's top two, top three, somewhere in no, there. Yeah, for sure. But I could see that. Uh, buying or selling Odell Beckham Jr. this season, real quick. I am selling on that. I don't, in particular, I don't think people have that sense of fear of him anymore. And you've had to figure after two or three surgeries that at some point he's going to go down. Yeah, we'll see. 
We will certainly see. I'm, I'm looking radius forward to is, radius is still incredible. though. Yeah, we'll see what he can do. I, I'm not rooting against him, but obviously when they play the Browns, I got to root against him for at least two weeks there. And that is around the league, the division previews coming up next. The voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan will preview what's to come and go over the game in Kansas City. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is Browns quarterback, Deshaun Watson. This is Wyatt Teller, and you are listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. University Hospitals is your hometown medical team and official health care provider for the Cleveland Browns. Get to Cleveland Browns Stadium quicker on game day with Express Access, presented by Verizon. Enroll for free today and enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Cherry, and we welcome in the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, to talk about the entire preseason, the game against Kansas City, and what's to come for your Cleveland Browns. Jim, thanks for joining us tonight. Hi, guys. Good to be with both of you. Your first observation of the kicker situation, bringing in Dustin Hopkins. We don't know the future right now of Cade York, but with Dustin Hopkins coming here, it's it's certainly a need. A lot of these games come down to the final kick, and you're playing in a very tough division here, Jim. It's probably a move that they had to make. Yeah, I think they did, Ken. I really do, and I think they um, you know, they hung with it for as long as they possibly could. I thought that they were even going to go longer. I really did. I thought that their commitment to Cade York was so deep uh, that they were going to try and let him, you know, kick his way out of it. The only thing was, I mean, he looked terrific in practice. I mean, you would say there's no problem here. Six for six the other day, hit one over 50 yards. I mean, that's all great. But then when you put him out at Arrowhead Stadium or the week before in Philadelphia or down in Canton or even at Cleveland Brown Stadium, it just didn't happen for him. And it was an ongoing problem that was not getting any better. And you're right, those first four games, three of them being inside that division, those are going to be tight games, everybody. And, and those games typically come down to a kick. And if you have any concern about whether or not your guy can put that ball through, you got to make a move. And so I think it was something that they had to do. I know it's hard for them to do it. He was a fourth-round draft choice. But you owe it to your football team to be steady and as solid as you can be at that position. And, Jim, there are several other kickers out there, but why do you think the Browns went with Dustin Hopkins? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Gerard, I don't know. I really I don't know. I, I, would, I would think that they had a list of kickers that they were looking at. I know a lot of people out there were saying Robbie Gold is out there, and Robbie Gold's been so effective and so uh, – you know, automatic in so many uh, spots, certainly in San Francisco last, um, that he was out there. But I would assume as they saw this story going on and the way it was ending on the Cade York side of the story, I'm sure that they were looking at availability of kickers. I would think that Bubba Ventrone was involved in this. I would hope he was involved in this decision, too, and, and had an opinion on that. Um, you look at Hopkins and his numbers. He had a good run in Washington. And I thought he was having a good year last year until he had that hamstring injury. And, and he was having a good year statistically until he got hurt. And then, you know, of course, he lost the competition this summer. So I'm going to go with their intel on this and say they had probably an option for a number of people. But they decided not to just sign somebody, but to make a trade for this particular kicker. 
Jim, going back to the Kansas City game, what were some of the things that you saw that you might like for the regular season? I know it's hard to glean. We don't know what type of division this is going to be. We know it's going to be tough, but we don't know how it's going to shake out. We know this team has talent, but they had talent last year too. What do you think made you maybe feel a little bit more confident after that Kansas City game? I'll tell you the thing that jumped off the page for me, and uh, and it was really pleasing to watch. Um, and we got an opportunity to see more of it on Saturday than we did uh, in, in Cleveland on that Friday night game against Washington. Their defense really looks good, and it looks so much different than it did last year. And I understand there are new people there. You know, Okoronko is there. Darius Smith is there. Tomlinson's there. McLeod and Thornhill are there. Boy, as I say that, there are a lot of new people there. Um, but I love the way they're playing. And they're very aggressive, and they really take it to uh, the opponent's offense, and they took it to Kansas City. And I know Mahomes wasn't there, but I think they would have still taken it to him too. And I think that's the way they're going to be. And I love their aggressiveness, so that really excites me. On the other side, Ken, I'm intrigued by their offense because I don't think we saw anything offensively. And I understand that was the plan. So it's mystifying to me with the offense kind of being tweaked and altered and kind of custom fit to Deshaun Watson and Elijah Moore coming in and joining that offense. Uh, And then when you put Nick Chubb finally in there, what is that offense going to look like? And I think that's a wait and see, and we'll see it on September 10th. But defensively, they were... Very exciting to watch. Jim, I'm glad you brought that up. I had a caller this morning on the fan, and they were kind of complaining about the offense. I go, honestly, buddy, I, I don't know. We have, I don't think we've seen anything. I, yeah. they, they got Elijah Moore lined up in the backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if they put him in the backfield and then they just threw the ball. I think that everything is kind of cloak and dagger and up for grabs right now. Yeah, I, and, and, and you know, I was talking with Kevin. Uh, you know, we just sit down and do our pregame interview. Um, before the upcoming game. And so we were sitting down Friday and talking about it. And, and really, that's what he really came out and said. You know, they're going to be in there for 20, 25 plays offensively, but, uh, you know, we're going to run a pretty basic offense here. We really don't want to show anything. Um, and then Deshaun Watson kind of led into that after the game when he said, basically, you know, reading into his comments, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> and I would agree with him. <laughs> we ain't seen nothing yet. But it really is going to be intriguing to see what they do and I don't think they're going to take the uh, the curtain off of that and raise that curtain until the Bengals and Browns get together for that opening game and then we'll see it and Jim we may have not seen anything yet but based upon what you have seen thus far with the offense what do you like and what do you feel is an area that needs to be improved well, I think that Watson looks so much more comfortable, and I understand that. I mean, I think we were all naive, and it was hope, really, that when he came in last year, Gerard, that he would just pick up where he left off in Houston, but that was a long time ago, especially in the NFL brand of things. I mean, that's a long time, 700 days, you know, in between games. So, I mean, and he never did really truly look comfortable through a through a whole game, and I know this has been a very – small sample size in game action this uh, this preseason but he does look much more comfortable in the offense and he, and it's their their pace is is really quickened up to the line of scrimmage um, because I think they're very comfortable and he's very comfortable with what he's going to do so I mean he's the centerpiece of it and I think his comfort factor and his ability to do things and be very happy with the way the offense has been tweaked 
to let him be what he is, and that is a gifted quarterback, but an off-the-charts athletic quarterback. I think that's the thing that I'm excited about. With the additions to the offense, do you think that these weapons could open things up where we might see a little bit more Nick Chubb than we had thought we were going to see this season? Yeah, because I think a lot of people are kind of wondering that, you know, with Elijah Moore and with what they can do with Cooper and and certainly, you know, hoping that Njoku really has a big year this year and Donovan Peoples-Jones, you know, I think people think they're going to put it up and throw it a great deal and we're going to probably lessen Nick Chubb's role in the offense. But, I, yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't buy into that. I just don't think when you have a guy like Nick Chubb, uh, that you lessen anything. I think that you want him to be a part of it. I think more and more, Ken, they'll be in a position where Nick Chubb can take over a game late in the game, hopefully, yeah, yeah. and kind of run a game out for them. Um, I know that uh, you know that's, that's really the master plan each time. Let's get the lead. Let's have the ball you know, late in the game, and let's not let the other guys get the ball. And how do you do that? You run the football. Who do you run it with? You run it with Nick Chubb. And you task that offensive line to allow him to be able to do that. That would be the the perfect plan. And so I think that uh, that's probably the way they go into the year. Did you get a chance to see any of Notre Dame after the game on Saturday? I did not. I did not see it. But what I did, Ken, I I went back and and I watched the highlights, the extended highlights of the game. Um, And, you know, last year they, they really, you know, Navy gave them fits in, and it was in South Bend. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, so I know that they're very excited about their quarterback coming in, Sam Hartman going in there, and um, it looks as though that's a great fit for them. Um, the big tell, the big tell for them will be now the Ohio State game. You know, they'll be able to really see what they're all about when they play Ohio State. Played them very well last year in Columbus, but they have a much better quarterback going into that game this year than they did last year. So that will be very interesting for Marcus Freeman and the Irish. You're right about that. Jim, thank you very much for the time. We'll talk to you again next week, sir. Hey, thanks for the Notre Dame mention. It was great. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Jim Donovan joining us on the hotline. I was watching that almost that whole game after the Browns game. Sam Hartman, I mean, he's got a beard like a war general. And he played very, very well on Saturday. Coming up next, we preview the Kevin Stefanski Show and tell you what's to come next week. It is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team. And we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. And it is the Kevin Stefanski Fansky Show Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Nathan Zagura and our buddy Gerard. Well, Nathan's our buddy, too. I shouldn't say that, but Gerard's on the show with me right now. Both buddies. We're all buddies. Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry. They will be hosting the Kevin Stefanski Show. Coach Stefanski will be on the show as well as bronze wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. That's going to be an interview that you're going to want to hear. You're going to want to hear that coming up tomorrow night, 7 p.m. The Kevin Stefanski Show. And then we have the rest of the week. I mean, there's going to be NFL news. There always is, but we have the rest of the week. And then next week, Wednesday night, it's the preview show. Thursday night, it's the Kevin Stefanski show. And on Sunday, 9 a.m., it's Browns game day, Gerard Cherry and myself. Then the Cleveland Browns kickoff show at 11 a.m. Eastern. And then week one, opening kickoff weekend. 
with your Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals from Cleveland Browns Stadium next Sunday afternoon. Jim Donovan, Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry on the sideline as the Browns try to get a home victory on opening weekend and their back-to-back week one victories. They can do it against that Cincinnati Bengals team. So we'll be back with you next Wednesday, but the Kevin Stefanski Show is coming up tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Make sure you're listening. It's bound to be a dandy with Coach Stefanski and Browns wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. Again, 7 p.m. tomorrow night all over the radio network. A big thanks to Meredith Kane doing a wonderful job as always here in our studios. The always effervescent Jason Gibbs, the executive producer, always outstanding. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thank you for listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game and what does this game call for. This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.